This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is entitled Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the compliance field, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the entire compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a wide variety of topics, including working from home, during the time of coronavirus, the role of the board of directors, the role of supply chain, and why you must continue to do compliance. If you have a topic that you would like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd like to do an episode for you. We will post Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for the foreseeable future as we navigate our way through this incredible clock crisis. I'm pleased to announce that this podcast is sponsored by SAI Global. With the coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic continuing to change rapidly, trust and integrity are paramount to business continuity preparedness. SAI Global is here to help the compliance and risk professional face these challenges, including unprecedented business aspects from employee well-being to disrupted supply chains. SAI 360 is a cloud-first software and modern ethics and compliance learning platform designed to help you effectively navigate risk from every perspective. To learn more about how you can protect your business, operations, and workforce during these uncertain times, visit saiglobal.com backslash risk for free resources, expert guidance, and industry-leading technology. Thanks again to SAI Global. Today, I visit with Joanne Taylor, Managing Director at K2 Financial Information Network. She visits with us about financial crimes compliance and why you must stay up to date on your compliance during the time of the coronavirus crisis. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode, and I am here with Joanne Taylor. She is a managing director at K2 Intelligence Fin, and we are going to talk about the implications of the coronavirus literally on a worldwide basis and a financial crime and the risk impact. So, Jan, first of all, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, uh, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Tom. So, Joanne, one of the things that has really struck me about the all-encompassing worldwide nature of the coronavirus is how it's going to touch uh, every part of business every discipline within business, every type of business. And I guess I wanted to start with, from your perspective as a managing director at K2 Intelligence, um, what questions do you think banks will likely get from regulators regarding the impact in coronavirus? And what are you advising clients at this point? Yeah, absolutely. So we've heard from the FCA that they, which is the UK regulator, that they will only be contacting firms in respect of business critical requests and to ask them about their responses on coronavirus. So the question from regulators will be, how as a bank are you dealing with coronavirus? And it's really important that when banks think about their response, they think about all types of risk, but that they don't lose sight of managing AFC risk. AFC risk needs to be a really fundamental component of a bank's um, business continuity planning. 
I really like your emphasis on business continuity because that's a phrase that I'm not sure many compliance practitioners really focused on in their role, but it's obviously becoming uh, much more to the fore. Uh, is it is it too late to get prepared, or can the uh, AFC compliance practitioner really take steps now? I think taking steps now um, is very important because the situation is changing daily in any event. I think that tone from the top and leadership from AFC senior management is key here. And the points I'd highlight particularly are looking at the regional split of responsibilities and whether certain regions that are particularly impacted can be supported by AFC colleagues in other regions. Also, tone from the top is really important in terms of making it clear to the business that AFC supports that AFC controls still apply. If a, if a approval is needed to proceed with a certain type of business transaction, that approval requirement still stands. And also to give a message to the business that they might need to get their approvals in more promptly than normal because everybody's constrained and it might take that little bit longer to get approvals through the right processes. Joanne, could we take that communication message you just gave us and perhaps flip that to the AFC compliance practitioner and ask them at this point, is this an opportunity for the AFC compliance functionaire the function within a bank or a corporate organization to really emphasize that they want to work with the businesses and to facilitate as quickly and as efficiently they can their risk management requirements, but let the business know that AFC understands the pressure and requirements they're under as well? Absolutely. I think the partnership um, point is absolutely key here. Um, we're here to make business happen, and all banks will be wanting to keep business happening during these unprecedented times. So absolutely, AFC needs to see itself as a partner to the business. And what will help that is if AFC leadership can really prioritize core tasks. So, for example, as we've said, enabling business still to happen with the right controls in place is key. Um, there will be other responsibilities that also need to be prioritized. For example, meeting regulatory commitments and uh, also performing uh, tasks in order to meet regulatory obligations like suspicious transaction reporting, those are the types of tasks that need to be prioritized. And the business will appreciate clear communication from AFC to say, look, in these times, we have prioritized X, Y, and Z, um, and we have actually deprioritized other aspects of our program that are not so um, time critical. Joanne, I'd like to pick up on one of the other points you raised, which was uh, the ability to use utilize regional teams to fill in for gaps that may occur because uh, individuals are um, unable to, to work even remotely or for other reasons due to self-isolation or uh, even quarantine. How would you suggest a company think through breaking down those silos? Great question, Tom. So the first point is that hopefully most organizations will have global standards and processes in place such that it should be possible for a team in one region to pick up requests 
coming in that relate to another region. Because in theory, those requests should be handled in the same way. Um, I think in terms of silos, it has to be clear uh, messaging from senior management that it is expected that regions will help each other out. And then there are the more practical questions of perhaps a team inbox needs to be combined into one inbox instead of having regional inboxes, or people have to be given the right access to systems such that they can see these requests coming in through the pipeline. So there's a lot to think about, but I truly believe that it's doable and that it will benefit the business. Joanne, I don't want to take the position that in uh, there's opportunity in every crisis, but what you just told me or what you just said rather really struck me as an opportunity for a couple of different things. One is process improvement. Two is uh, increased or more effective communications. And three is to actual, actually make the process more efficient by by making the AFC compliance professional focus on the highest risk and prioritize uh, those elements. Is this something that banks or other institutions could, could really uh, uh, utilize going forward? Absolutely. And I think it also um, will ultimately, when you look back on this, it will help senior management work out really what the core tasks were and how those teams delivered against the core tasks. Sometimes when teams evolve over a period of time, teams start doing tasks that perhaps are add-on and not core tasks. And this will help um, senior management resource correctly going forward. And also it will give an opportunity for senior management to enhance their management information because it focuses the mind. What do I really need to see day in, day out in order to understand whether we're managing AFC risk correctly? So I think in that sense, there are lots of opportunities. I also think there's actually opportunities for individuals here because teams will need to be flexible um, and people will need to put their hand up and say, look, I think I can help that team. Perhaps the person has um, a relevant background in KYC or in anti-bribe and corruption. And there are teams that perhaps can be stood down from the day-to-day -day processes in order to help out with critical tasks. So the team I'd call out here would be any sort of testing or quality assurance function should have a very good understanding of the AFC risk that they test. People in those teams could potentially support um, teams that are carrying out day-to-day -day KYC um, tasks and therefore help deliver on those core um, mandates. Joanne, it, it also strikes me that what you've just described is not the siloed nature of the AFC function, but people who are so subspecialized that they're essentially a silo in and of themselves. And th this may be an opportunity to give a little more broad base of knowledge to bring to the entire AFC team. Absolutely, Tom. Absolutely. And I think if if senior management can set the tone that we all pull together um, and they can give clear vision as to what's important at this time and how that might change over time, then I think it sets everybody on the right path to success. And one of the things that I'm hearing people be concerned with is if a key person in a compliance function goes down whether that key person be a key gatekeeper or just uh, 
for whatever reason, a bottleneck occurs if they're not functioning. What are you suggesting or advising clients on succession planning? So succession planning is key, and it should be a task that uh, AFC leadership does at least annually. I think if firms um, have maybe neglected their succession planning, I'd suggest picking that up straight away. And with the team that's here right now working out who's the best number two, who can potentially move um, laterally from one team to another to support as a number two, um, and to really work through, through those scenarios based on those core tasks. It may be that some teams are less reliant on um, key men and key women than others. Um, there may be teams that are really um, reliant on technology, and this is where technology comes into its own. We have a lot going on in our space where we look to automate um, uh, huge amounts of data and run algorithms so that we get the right kind of alerts coming through. And this situation will be a real test of the quality of the technology that firms have in place. And hopefully, you combine technology with the right resource planning, and it means that you can still deal with your alerts and your regulatory submissions um, in, in, this, in a normal manner. Joanne, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but both uh, you sitting in the United Kingdom and we sitting here in the United States, I think, are at the start of what could be a, a multi-week, multi-month uh, 2020 journey through the implications uh, and of the coronavirus. So uh, as uh, we move through this crisis and the situation changes, I hope that I can come back to you for additional guidance for uh, the AFC compliance professional. Absolutely. That will be a pleasure. Thank you, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. If you have any questions or you have a topic you would like explored on this podcast, please shoot me an email at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, as a call to action, I would ask if you could to please tell one of your friends about the podcast so we can spread the word out about the newest podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also, if you would leave us a rating on iTunes or a review, it would greatly help get this the word out about this most important podcast over the next several months. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me for our next episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This podcast is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.